The OCD and Anxiety Podcast by Robert James Coaching. Hello and welcome to the OCD and Anxiety Podcast, where we explore how to have a more positive relationship with anxiety disorders, taking back control so that you can start living the life you choose and not the one chosen by your fears. Hello, I hope you're doing well today. And if you are struggling with OCD and anxiety, as I have done a lot in the past, but fortunately not so much these days, then you can get a free session with me by heading over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com. There you can send me a message and you can book yourself in for a free session. And there's loads of other resources there as well. So moving on with today's show. Today we're going to be looking at why it is that OCD tends to attack the things that we care about most. Um, And this is, you know, often quite a cruel fact about OCD. Some, you know, OCD, people who struggle with it are often, you know, some of the kindest people out there. So today we'll be exploring why is it that OCD attacks, you know, the things that we care about most and what we can start doing about that. Because as always, you know, I like to try to be um, as as uh, focused as possible on, on changing things and being able to take small actions that build up over time that can really help you to, to have a different relationship with the anxiety and with the OCD. So I hope you find it helpful. And as always, if you do have any questions, do please let me know. And many thanks. OCD is often there in the background. Imagine if it was an old wireless radio. You could kick it, stamp on it, or throw it into the neighbor's garden, all of which would, to a certain degree, work. But with OCD, this kind of approach just makes matters worse. And sometimes you can feel like, you know, you have it beaten, or at least in retreat. But it's always somehow there in the background, on the back burner, ready to come back at us at any moment of weakness. And um, it often operates like an undercover agent waiting and watching to try to find out what is most important to us and then using this against us to keep us trapped in the cycle of OCD. By using uh, the things that are important to us and that we are emotionally engaged with, OCD knows that in all likelihood we will obsess over them and wind up performing compulsions to try and lower the anxiety. Now, this makes it sound absolutely horrible. And to be honest, you know, OCD is a horrible thing, as I'm sure you are aware. It's incredibly sneaky, because as I've just pointed out, it uses our own um, positive impulses to, you know, to love the people in our lives, to, uh, to do things well, to be, try to be, you know, the best that we can be. It uses all of these things against us to keep us trapped and to keep us performing compulsions. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like when I was reading that then, it kind of felt like I was, uh, you know, kind of reading a script from, um, you know, from a kind of horror film or, or some kind of, you know, something horrible. And 
actually, you know, it really does feel like that at times. Um, it is this kind of this thing that's there with us and it's, you know, always trying to trip us up, always trying to get us to come out of the present moment, to get stuck in our heads, to ruminate. Now, if you listen to this podcast on a regular basis, you will know that um, I try to be very positive when it comes to OCD and anxiety. And although it can feel like what I've just described there, it can also feel like a lot of the time, um, if you've if you've done you know a lot of work around, for example, acceptance commitment therapy, um, or if you've been working with ERP, you know you can actually get to the place where what I just described doesn't happen so much anymore. You know where you go days or weeks even without actually you know thinking too much at all about the obsessions that you struggle with because you've learned somehow how to accept those difficult um, thoughts and emotions that you experience around the OCD. So it's not all doom and gloom. I do as much as possible, you know, like to, to focus on the positive, except the OCD in its, you know, difficult moments can be like I've just described there. But also when we do start to get better, when we do build skills that enable us to uh, keep OCD firmly in its place and not get out of hand, then, you know, what I just described, it doesn't happen so much anymore. And actually, you can get on with your life uh, with a lot of peace. And so I think it's important just to, to remind you of that, um, you know, in this, in this juncture, in this, uh, in this episode. Now, I want to share a bit of a personal story here about how OCD, you know, did this to me, how it tricked me and used my own values, the important things for me in my life, um, you know, to kind of keep me stuck in that that trap, that rumination trap. Um, you know, and so what what happened, and, and this is still an area that, you know, can, can be a challenge for me when I'm run down, when I'm tired, um, and that is to do with relationship OCD. And, you know, for me, my relationship, and I think for most people, you know, relationships are very important. You want to, you want to be in a good relationship. Of course, you want to feel attracted to your partner. You want to feel like you're happy and confident in that relationship. You want to feel supported. Um, and so if, if uh, your main relationship is one of the most important things to you, but you also struggle with OCD, then, you know, it's quite likely that OCD at some point will jump onto that. And it's such a shame because for me, in my personal situation, you know, I've been in many relationships in the past where I think actually, you know, probably... I'm thinking of, you know, two or three different relationships where it was a good relationship. There was nothing really wrong with the relationship. There was physical attraction. There was, um, you know, there was plenty of things for us to discuss and talk about. There was, uh, you know, there was confidence uh, in the relationship and there was support. So all of these things that, that would need to be there were there. In, in these past relationships that I'd had. But because of the doubt that the OCD creates, because of this constant nagging voice, like, what if it's not enough? What if they're not attractive enough? What if I could find something better? Um, what if they don't love me enough? Like, what if they cheat on me? 
these constant kind of thoughts can actually just, you know, ruin the very thing that you actually care about the most. And, you know, so I ended up actually completely ruining three, you know, potential relationships that that could have gone somewhere and actually, you know, wasted a lot of time, caused myself and the other person a lot of misery, you know, just because I was not able to accept that uncertainty about my relationships. Unfortunately, at that time, I didn't, I didn't know as much about OCD as I do know as I do now. And I didn't have the skill set that I have uh, now for, for dealing with it. And so it was really difficult for me to, to understand that actually, you know, I was creating this problem for myself, that relationships were something that was very important um, for me. And, you know, this kind of uh, perfectionist uh, side of me was coming out and causing me to kind of, you know, act out all of these compulsions surrounding the relationship, which meant I was never able to fully relax and just be in that relationship and see what it was like. I was constantly questioning it, meaning that, you know, I couldn't ever just be in it and relax and see if it was the relationship, the right relationship for me or not. And it's, uh, it's such a shame. So that's my little story, you know, with this. And, but I also wanted to talk about something which I, I think affects a lot of people uh, when it comes to, to OCD. And I kind of alluded to it a little bit in the introduction. And that is the fact that I think most people who struggle with OCD are actually extremely kind people. Um, many of them are quite sensitive people. And, um, you know, for, for whatever reason, or actually for quite a specific reason, for that very reason I've just said, you know, OCD can latch on to the fact that you're a good person. Because basically, let's, let's take the example of harm OCD. Let's be quite frank here, you know, like if you, uh, you know, if you're struggling with harm OCD and you're really concerned that you're going to hurt somebody that you love, um, if you were a bad person, obviously you wouldn't care at all about the fact that you were having like bad thoughts about that kind of thing. There's no way that you'd be ruminating about it for hours. Like, what if I did this terrible thing? You know, like if you were a bad person, if you were a psychopath, you know, you literally would not care at all. Now, I'm not telling you this to give you reassurance. It can kind of sound like that, you know, and um, that's definitely not what I'm going to be doing. Um, if you know me at all, you know, I really dislike to give reassurance because it's, uh, you know, it's one of the classic compulsions that, uh, that people have. So I'm not saying this to give you uh, reassurance. I'm saying this to help you to understand, you know, the mechanism here of OCD, that what what basically keeps us keeps us trapped is this ability that OCD has to use these positive instincts, you know, of of caring, of uh, you know, of trying to do your best. It's literally using that against you. And when you can really understand that, when you have that intuitive understanding that that is what is going on, it can help you a little bit more to not engage with the thoughts, you know, because you know what's going on here. And when you really truly understand OCD, you can, it's just a little bit easier for you to say, no, I am not going to engage with this thought today. I know why this thought is coming up and I'm just not going to do it. 
Now, obviously, on some days, for whatever reason, it can be hard to not engage. And, you know, of course, that is the case. But having that awareness, remembering that you do have a choice as to whether you uh, entertain a thought or not, um, you know, trying to keep that in mind, you always have that choice. It's an incredibly important word. And when you have this understanding of why this is happening, and you know that you have a choice um, as to whether you're still going to think about it or not. The combination of these two things can be really helpful and can really, in the long run, you know, keep you on the right track. It never ceases to amaze me how OCD has this ability of somehow persuading you, you know, that, that you are a terrible person, that you must be like a, a bad person or something. And, uh, you know, nothing is further from, from the truth. And somehow it's literally like the OCD becomes like a magician because, you know, like intuitively deep down, you know that you're a good person. So when the OCD is, you know, it, it's kind of trying to push you around, it's trying to do its very best to start you ruminating, try to get in touch with that inner intuition, that slightly deeper sense of self that understands, that knows who you are and trust in yourself. Try to trust in that deeper understanding. And this again is why I find mindfulness and and uh, these kind of skills so helpful because it really does build that ability, you know, to have that deeper awareness and that deeper understanding of yourself. You know, I really do think, you know, meditation isn't necessarily for everyone because, you know, it can be hard for some people to sit still and just focus on the breath. You know, lots of thoughts might keep coming up. And that's why, you know, I, I like to do personally for myself. Uh, I don't always find meditation that straightforward. You know, I, I do try to do it. But I also like, you know, the Wim Hof method breathing because with that, it's a very active approach. And it's still a kind of form of meditation in a way. I'm very focused on my breathing whilst I'm doing it. But it's very active, um, you know. And then you can also use things like, um, you know, active meditations like, uh, you know, meditation of walking or uh, meditation of washing the dishes or being in the shower just really in general paying attention to the different things that you do in your life that will really help you and build that ability to be able to be more in the present moment and to be able to kind of have that deeper understanding and intuition which I think is so important in helping you to to overcome OCD and anxiety. Okay, guys, that's it for, for, this, uh, for this episode. I really hope you found it helpful. Um, as always, you know, if you have any questions, do please get in touch. And many thanks. Please remember, if you are struggling with OCD and anxiety, you can get a free consultation uh, with me. All you need to do to get that is to head over to my website, www.robertjamescoaching.com and uh, send me a message and we, we can sort that out. And if you like, you can also follow me on Instagram uh, at Robert James Coaching UK. Many thanks. And now just a quick reminder of my disclaimer. Any information that you view on my website, Instagram page, Facebook group or anywhere else online or any information that you listen to on the podcast is for informational purposes only. 
and is not intended to be a substitute for actual medical or mental health advice from a doctor, psychologist or any other medical or mental health professional.